Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're uncertain about what you really want or unsure how to be a force for good, you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we raise our vibration, we heighten the collective consciousness, and that, my friends, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyers, Anita Adams here, your host of the Joyful Journey podcast. And today I'm excited to welcome back previous guest to the show, Winston Young. Winston is the founder of Voice Story that was designed to tackle the issue of social isolation that is prevalent in society today. Winston is passionate about connecting broken adults with their inner child. Taking a deep dive into your own spiritual beingness is a part of who Winston is. And today he is going to share with us his experience of tapping into a higher consciousness by using a sensory deprivation tank. Welcome back, Winston. And thanks for being open to sharing your your stories and your experiences with us today. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm always excited to talk to you, uh, Winston. You always inspire me and you have such interesting, unique stories. So I'm, I'm really excited about, um, about getting into it. But to, to start, just in case there's anybody listening who doesn't really um, know what a sensory deprivation tank is and how one uses it, can you just explain a little bit more about what that is? Sure. There's two types of sensory deprivation tanks. One, uh, the more classic version, it's called a pod. It's uh, it's it's like it's like a big it's like a big orb, and inside is uh, a layer of water about eight to ten inches t- high, uh, saturated with about four to five hundred pounds of Epsom salts, okay. and it's uh, heated to skin temperature. So when you're you're buoyant in it, and that removes the sensation of gravity, mm. and then when you close the door to the pod. Uh, it blocks out uh, any sound and light. So you are free of any outside stimulus. Very cool. You're deprived of sensations. Uh, The newer version is called like sensory deprivation tank cabins, which is about the size of your bathroom. And then the floor is uh, a layer of water. Same thing, eight to 10 inches tall. You're in there, but because there's a tall ceiling, Mm. Uh, it also removes the sensation of the humidity because in a pod, it's very, it's womb-like. And some people prefer that. For me, because I'm in the tank for three hours at a time, I don't want to have the humidity room like, distract me. So I prefer to be able right. to have the, the bigger space. Oh, Same thing, you're in there. Uh, I call it turning airplane mode on for your mind or for your body because you're in there and that's it. There's, there's no signals. Right. No, out. no light, no sound. I guess you're probably naked. So you don't feel the distraction of any clothes irritating yeah. you. I, I go in, I go in naked. Some people, uh, you know, can wear swim trunks or swimsuit. It, it doesn't really affect the experience at all. It's just your own comfort level. But uh, yeah, I, when I first started, I was told it's, it's like walking back into the womb. And it really is. It's it's warm and it's uh, it, it's enclosed. 
and for some people, if you have claustrophobia, it might feel very disorienting. Sure. Uh, and if you've never done it before, you become very aware of how much chatter there is going on mm. inside your head and how hard it is to relax because we're just stimulated all the time. So when right. you turn all that off and you're alone with your thoughts, it can be uh, an okay. interesting place. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I read uh, that some of the the spas or places that you can go for this that there'll be ten minutes of music like when you first step in, um, for and then that shuts off, and then at the end, towards the end, five minutes of music again to bring you back back to present. I, w- I wonder if that uh, is has that what you've experienced today? The places that you've gone to that they use music to kind of ease you into it. Yes. When you first start off, they give you the option. Okay. Uh, I typically go cold, you know, <laughs> jump okay. in cold, cold with, you know, jump right in right away. Uh, right. So I went in with no music. I had an idea what was going on. So I, and I was curious about what's going on inside my head. Uh, it took about three or four times. And then when it really clicked, I remember I had my arms above me like stretched out and I was trying to find uh, a way so I could feel the tension in my shoulders as I'm moving my hands around the next thing I hear the the wake-up music turned on I go okay that's that's really weird that's not possible there's no way I could have been trying to find a comfortable position for 90 minutes then then I realized I blinked out like wow (laughs) I turned off and then the music brought me back and uh, the the deep thought I had is okay if so if I turned off did everything outside there <laughs> pause too like, like did that 60 minutes or so where I wasn't around you know the consciousness wasn't active was the world still running or was that on pause too <laughs> that's a whole other conversation yeah, whole, <laughs> but I, I started chasing after that that feeling Wait. it was it, it, it's like it's like turning yourself off well, well, wait a minute but so chasing after what feeling because you it was nothingness like you, yeah, chasing you felt after, like you that oh. chasing after the that feeling of being turned like turning the switch off right like turn, right. Like, like shutting your mind down if that like you know you, the, the analogy people would understand is turning your phone off yeah and then turning it back on. So you kind of like reboot yourself in that sense. That feeling when I came back, I was so relaxed and invigorated. Like my, my whole body was kind of like reset. And I was chasing after that feeling. And I'll spoil alert for a bunch of people. Um, I realized that chasing after that feeling just prevented me from getting that feeling. because Isn't that interesting? So um, you had the, the, it happened the first time because you had almost like no expectations. You just were there and you were experiencing. So, and have you, have you been able to get that again or because you've let go or you're, you're so much in your head about trying to create that, that it's not happening. I've gotten back there once. Okay. And, And so you're like once in how long uh, I've been floating for 14 years, 14 years. Yeah. Okay. So I've got, I've attained <laughs> turn off, we'll call it turn, turn off mode 
twice only in in 14 years and right. uh, the first time was completely unintentional i had no idea and it just happened and then the other time it uh, it was similar where i just gave in and it happened most of the other work that i as i'm doing work in there i'm conscious i'm actively conscious or or like uh, the awareness is left on Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, like it, it, I'm not completely drifting off. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm still scanning. So it, it, you can't turn off if, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, that's, and that's a conscious choice that I'm making. Yeah. I, I did a little bit of research um, about the, the sensory deprivation tanks before this interview because I, I just wanted to understand it um, a little bit better. Um, I understand that it was created in the, the 1950s. Uh, it was created by um, a, a, um, a physicist, no, a psychiatrist. Oh, what was he? He was a, a neuroscientist and a physician. And um, he was wanting to experiment on or to study the consciousness by cutting off all external stimuli. And then in the 60s, he got a little controversial with it and he started in, to introduce LSD with his subjects to, um, to, to sedate them and to create uh, a trance-like state. Uh, is it too personal to ask if, if you use any kind of substance to help cr- bring on um, an, an experience for yourself? Or have you, have you tried both? Uh, going in without any kind of um, enhancements or, and have you done it with any kind of um, al- drug alteration? <laughs> I have, uh, I've done it. Uh, we call it uh, going in clean. Going in is, clean. Yeah. Well, like, like actually clean truly means that like no, no alcohol, no caffeine, no sugar. <laughs> like you're kind of, fe- you, you eat in the morning. And then if you're doing like a late afternoon when you're, you don't, you actually don't ingest anything other than water for five hours. So you go in as clean as you can. And then I tried it with um, like uh, THC and CBD gummies. And I find that uh, I actually recommend that for people that can't relax because it, it just helps you relax. And then mm-hmm. you're, you're in there and that's for more of body reset so you go in there and you relax and then you let the tension leave your body uh and then i have also done work trying to tap you know uh, trying to do deep work within myself and i have introduced uh, psilocybin okay which is uh the chemical that's found in magic mushrooms Uh, but then what i don't actually take the mushroom i have found uh, a company that extracts it and puts it so it's just pure and it's in chocolate form so i've combined that and i am going to put out a severe warning that if it is uh not recommended at all if you haven't done the work outside of the tank to deal with your stuff okay before going in because the way that i describe it is the mushroom will open doors that you have closed the thing is you might not be ready to open the doors if you, you don't have to pick which door it's going to open uh, and then when you're in there because you are devoid of any grounding like if you do it outside oh you look at your cat you look outside the window you kind of 
grounded in the space in there, it's just darkness. Mm. So, and you're, and there's no gravity, there's no nothing. So if you have uh, a freak out moment, right. And you open your eyes, you see nothing. So whatever you, you are seeing, you are completely immersed in it. And right. I have had, like when I first started doing it, some extremely, extremely intense experiences. And if it wasn't for the work I've done previously, I probably would have ended in a mental ward. It's uh, oh wow, it really triggered some stuff. It's it's virtual. It's like VR in mm-hmm. imagine doing uh, VR, but you actually tap your nervous system into it. So it's oh wow, it's absolutely real, right? But right. You, as I said, you don't get to pick and. But just to be clear, you you wouldn't necessarily have that kind of experience if you you went in completely clean. Oh, you go in clean. It it you you don't have access to that stuff. Okay. Yeah, like you like the you can do you can access levels of it. Yeah. From, you know, similar to meditation, you open certain access certain spaces, but there's in my experience over the past decade, there's some spaces you can't access. Mm. And no matter how hard you want to get there, you just can't access it. And I have, I personally have found that um, it's like the, the locksmith. Mm. It's like, yeah, I'll open a door for you, but uh, you, you, you be prepared to face whatever good or bad comes out of that, that door. And well, so I just want to put that caveat out. That yeah, no, out and I, I, th- I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I am so curious. I, I would love to. Um, I would love to try a sensory deprivation tank. I've never tried mushrooms. Um, I think I'll start with just doing a sensory deprivation <laughs> tank, but, um, and I'll let the you know. Is, I recommend the tank for everyone because we are so distracted and stimulated by the noise in the world. Yes, that when you give your body, soul, and mind an opportunity to just relax from it. You know, like some, mm-hmm. like people that go to your retreat, they're, they're taking themselves out of the city. They're going to a quiet space in nature. They're drinking tea. They're feeding themselves, you know, healthy foods. And you're giving your body an opportunity to reset a little bit. The sensory deprivation tank is exactly that. It's a tool that allows you to reset. And then as you get used to it, more used to it, you build your experience. I call it drifting. You're able to go in and then drift off faster and faster and faster. Right. So uh, how you explained 15 minutes of music, I can drift off in about a minute. You go in awesome. there and just relax in the beer. Right. Gone. Kind of training yourself in a way to be able to take that uh, dive in deep pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so you said you've been doing it for 14 years. I started 14 years ago. Okay. Um, you mentioned in a previous conversation we had um, over the phone that you had a, recently had a, a profound, you've had a couple, I think, profound experiences. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? And I, I remember one involved a dog. <laughs> so it, it started when I, I was doing a lot of trauma work with clients and then by doing so, I also understand if I'm doing the work with the client, I'm also doing work with myself simultaneously at, uh, at a different level than, mm. than they are. So the, my curiosity was, what happens if I start 
using psilocybin in the, in the tank and what would happen. Uh, so I started with a very, very small, low dose. And when I went in there, I've had, you know, I've had experiences using the mushroom to, to, to take me to space, like traumatic spaces so I could heal it. And mm. I thought, holy cow, this is nuts. Like mind bendingly crazy how painful that was. Well, using a quarter to a, to a sixth of the same dosage in the tank, what we're, so we're talking like a gram, mm. which is not much uh, because it is, you're so hyper-focused in there. There's no distraction. There's no music, there's no nothing. I drifted off to the same trauma space and it was extremely intense. And, and then when I came out the first time, I'm going, what? I'm looking at like, what just happened in there? But it made me curious as to how far to the edge of this space I can go. And I kept going back and going back and going back. And then I'm navigating this spectrum of you know, this dark, the dark end of the spectrum. It was like pain and suffering and just a lot of ugliness over there. And then I shared my experiences with my coach and my coach, my guide, Andra, and she said, you continue to go back there because that's what you're familiar with. That's where, where you're vibing. And if that's where you're vibing, that's where you're going to get pulled over to. So why don't you try navigating that space? Like, but never, never thought of that. It's like, yeah, if you, if your, your default is the vibe in the, in the dark, dark space, you're just going to go there all the time. So, if, uh, so if you're, it's like snowboarding, it's like, if I, if I only know how to turn to my left, then I'm always going to turn to my left. So what happens if I bank over to the right and then start going back and forth over the spectrum? What happens? So I started doing that. Sort of being a little bit more in control of the experience. Is that what you're, you were you guided it, to do? To... I don't like the word control. I choose to okay. use the word uh, navigate. Okay. So I, yeah. I, like I have some, some influence. Okay. Influence. Over, over yeah. where I can go. Yeah. Um, and then, so it's, you know, like, like surfing or snowboarding or skiing. Yeah. You know, then I started moving over. I started feeling the more positive end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then one day I drifted over to the positive side. And the story is I connected to the consciousness of a dog. And now connected to the consciousness of a dog. Yeah, so it is in my belief that we, the, like a radio, there's just infinite number of consciousnesses out there. And there, it's just, just wait, there's just wavelengths there. It's just energy. And like a radio, we are attuned to a certain, we are attuned to a certain one and that's who we are. So you have your own energetic signature that makes you Anita and I have one that makes me Winston. So my thought is what happens if we have the ability to kind of like tune up and down a little bit, just a little bit, like you have on a radio dial, the old school radio dial, right? And you move it up and down. What, what else is out there? 
and that's where I've been playing like and I'm not mm. choosing the dog like I just kind of tuned up and all of a sudden I, I, I tuned into this this frequency and I thought okay that's just I'm making this up but the experience was so profound because it wasn't that I imagined that I was a dog my facial features like I, I could feel my I, I my cheeks were sore because I was smiling like one my <laughs> my mouth pulled back I can't even mimic it like it pulled back my tongue was hanging out <laughs> I had I had a thought of an you know I, I was, had a thought of the neighbor then I felt my butt wiggle <laughs> and then my, my hands were like this it, it like all the mannerisms uh, and I go this is surreal so was Winston, it was, was Winston part of that consciousness? Were you also Winston and tuning into the consciousness of a, of a dog? Yeah. So it's kind of like, there's me. And then there's this one and the, kind of like they meshed Overlapped. together. Yeah. Uh, so that was the very first experience. And that was at a, at a certain dosage. And then I went back in a, a month later and I increased the dosage and then, and then, Again, Hold on, I, let me ask you, did you go in with a, a specific intention that next time? No. Okay. No, I just wanted, the intention was I wanted to feel the other end of the spectrum that's not right. pain and suffering and tra- trauma. Okay. So I realized uh, I drifted over to the love you know, space of love and the dog represent, represented unconditional love. Yeah, absolutely. And my coach said to me, it's manifesting as a dog because that's what you're familiar with because that's what my dog kismet represents so you're it's yeah. uh, something that you can relate to but she also said to me but don't be fixated on that like if the universe gives you a snake or a bird or whatever just it is what it is so so just focus on what the the space that you want to to navigate in so i i went back in a month later and I became the dog again. And this time there was less of me and more of the dog. Interesting. And and that, that, do you know if it's the same dog? It was the same dog. I, I, could, I could pick out, it was familiar. Was it your dog? It wasn't my dog. Not your it dog. Some, <laughs> it was some, some conscious of some dog. Um, the second time I knew it was, uh, it was a smaller dog. Okay. Um, very, it was happy. Like it, uh, <laughs> I think it was, well, I was in that space for probably half an hour to an, to an hour and I kind of played with it. And then I shared that experience with a friend, my friend, Ronnie Roll, who is a interfaith minister. And she, she invited me, she goes, next time you go in, Asked, no, okay, so sorry. This time, she said, next time you go in, ask what it's like to, to dream like a dog. And and who were you asking? Is that just putting that idea yeah, out to your... The intention, the intention yeah. is, the intention is to dream like a dog. I'm like, okay. So I went back in. That's right. And the second time, I became more familiar with it. And then I actually did kind of fall asleep. I can't say that I dreamed like a dog, but I never felt so at peace, if that makes sense. It's like I mm-hmm. slept and I've never slept so calmly hmm. and wonderfully. 
I shared that experience with her. And then the third, so she said, next time you go in, ask what message are you supposed to be learning from the dog? What message is the dog bringing me? That was the intention. And this is where I'm going to say it's profound because I think, again, I'm not choosing to be, I'm going in, I'm not choosing to be the dog. What I'm just asking what the message is. I became the dog again. And this time it was um, 95% that consciousness, 5% me. And it was a level of love that I never felt before. Like I was yeah. being... I'm floating, don't remind me. I could feel the tactile sensation of me being held if I was a, if I was a puppy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a puppy and then you're holding it, cradling it in your arms, I could feel the pressure on my back. I could feel like uh, as if a hand was like rubbing the back of my head, even though I'm, I'm in the tank. And then again, I, I, I fell asleep, but now I'm being held. And then I thought of, I had a thought of this being that's holding me and I could feel this. Mm. It was most intense pulse of love and this warm ball just exploded in my heart. Mm. I've never felt anything like that before. And so I thought, I'm going to think about that again. It happened again. And it was, I describe it a level of love, belonging, acceptance, uh, acknowledgement like all those all those things i've been seeking to feel this you know my entire life to, to feel this from someone external mm. and all that just came from within and then i fell asleep and it was the most unbelievable experience and then when i shared that with my friend ronnie she said uh i told her yeah it's like it's as if uh it was a small dog and she said, well, how do you, how do you know that uh, you're not the dog? I'm like, okay, well, if that's the, well, then I must have shrunk down. And she goes, well, let's just say the divine is really big. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, actually, that works. Too. That. I'm the same size and the divine is really big. <laughs> and then we started going down that track. So she goes, if so, if you are the dog and you are, being cradled by the divine, by mm-hmm. God, as she put it. How did that feel? And I go, it was, uh, I, I didn't have words to describe it. Like the, love, the amount of, the amount of, like I thought I felt love before. This was so, so beyond that. She mm-hmm. goes, yeah, that's we, we are part of the divine, she said, and that's what it's like when we go back. That's that unconditional love and acceptance, and you got to experience it. When we go back, what do you think she means by that, when we go back? She, she shared with me that we all come from the divine, the sources, mm. and we are, and... I believe I that, her, too. When she said the, those visions and those experiences of being abandoned and separated when we come to this life that's literally what happens we are plucked like torn away from source put into his body to have this experience so when we return 
all those feelings of abandonment and rejection as and dismissal, which we made up or let go when you you go back. And I go, okay, look, I'm not saying I believe it, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm very open to the interpretations. But it was uh, this particular one was to me it was life-changing because a a few things that when I share the experience with people they're they're giving me pieces of the puzzle or the riddle to, to make me understand it one was you can only understand that feeling if only if it already exists within you. Otherwise, you wouldn't know what that felt feels like. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the only way you would understand that feeling uncomfort of being held and love and all that wonder, that wonderful moment is if you already happened before. Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to articulate. Wouldn't recognize it. Wouldn't recognize it. Yeah. And to me, that was profound. Mm-hmm. And we, we can go to a, have another conversation about it another time. But then I realized when I did a lot of reflection, and this took, I think, five months later, as I'm pondering this, I was, I was speaking at an event about childhood. And then I realized, the, now I understand where that came from. It's when I was being held by my grandparents and my parents. So when I was, when you're born mm-hmm. and you're held like that, like I go, that's, that's how you're held as a baby. Right? Yeah. Where did all, and you're just being, and everyone just radiating love on you, mm-hmm. on me. And then I go, okay, well, that, that would make sense of where I've, where if I, I've felt that before. What I was hearing with Ronnie, was that Ron, Ronnie's? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my interpretation of what I was hearing is that we were, we would, we've experienced that in soul form from the divine and that we are remembering that experience in connection to the divine. Yes. Which is, said, uh, another way she put it is imagine if we're a drop of water and that drop of water is what's inside of us and that water, you know, you, kind of pulls the drop of water out and you put it inside his body and the body does what it wants. Eventually the body, his form will disintegrate and that drop of water will turn back to the pool that it came from hmm. and be one with, with everything. Yeah. Again. yeah. Beautiful. There's, I'm, I'm struggling to remember. There's a beautiful roomy quote about that's something along that, that you are not, uh, you're, you are, not just the drop of water, you are the entire ocean of that, that yeah. drop of water. And he, he obviously says it much better. I'll dig out that uh, quote, but it's a, it's a beautiful but, one. But what drew me to want to share this with your listeners wasn't, it, it wasn't this particular part of the experience. It was what happened two months ago when I went in. And again, I went in with intention. And this time I asked, I want to experience more connection, even to become the dog again, because mm-hmm. I had, I, I, after the third experience, uh, I've had different ones 
So I kind of missed the dog <laughs> type thing. So I went in and um, I, I, I kind of blipped in and out and I, I felt the dog presence and then it, it faded away and then I felt something else, it faded away. And then I fell asleep in the tank. And then when I woke up, it was what I connected with. Now, you have, you have to bear with me as I described it, this. When I open my eyes in the darkness, I, I'm seeing I'm seeing inside that tank. Mm -hmm. So I'm whatever I'm seeing is throughout is whatever that consciousness is seeing. But it was this thought that, okay, everyone that I've, everyone that I met, all the experiences that I've had, good, bad, the ugly, all of it actually never happened. In fact, it's all of a grand illusion and I'm waking up from this dream, but there's no one else here it's just me. Like you're the only living thing in this space. And no matter how much the distraction, the reality is you are completely alone. And me trying to even process that at that moment, I could feel my mind just be like torn apart. Like I go, this is mental. And then I was provided two other versions of, I call it, disconnection the second one was uh, the being floating through space in their little spaceship they can regenerate they have the uh, they have the technology to regenerate themselves so they can technically live forever they don't they can choose not to but they are lost in the void of space seeking seeking anything that's alive they're Again, floating through the void, completely well, lost in space, completely alone. So hold on. So that was you imagining yourself being lost in space? No, yeah. I was I was I was locked into I was locked into some another three different consciousnesses, three different experiences. That's, okay, not at the same time, different different times that you've gone into the tank. This these are different things that you've experienced. Uh one after the other two months ago. Okay. In, in the same session. In the same session. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. And was it, what's your interpretation of that? Were you being shown different realities? It's uh, it's the way I would describe it is, um, you know, it's just what we just use you, you as, as an example. There's the need of consciousness and, and then I was able to tune into it and then latch onto it. Mm -hmm. And then now I am experiencing a moment of, you, I'm experiencing your life as if I was you. So I'm, I'm looking through your eyeballs. I am, my nervous system is attached to your nervous system. I feel, I'm feeling what you're feeling. Right. Uh, even though I'm, you know, so it's, it's just overlapping. My, right. So all of this stuff that I'm experiencing, they're not my memories. Right. So uh, you, you were latching on to three different consciousness. Yes. Okay. Interesting. And then what I'm experiencing and this is uh, another note to your listeners. Be careful what you wish for mm -hmm. <laughs> from, the, from the universe, especially when it's vague. Like, oh, I want to experience more connection. <laughs> it was the idea of, okay, if you want to experience more connection, how about 
I give you some contrast. You probably won't appreciate what connection is until I show you what pure disconnection is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is isolation. Mm. Now, as I, <laughs> when I got out of the tank, I was standing in the shower and all I could say for about 20, 30 minutes was, holy, like, <laughs> hands in my like, holy. <laughs> wow. It was by far the most intense experience I've ever had. But the idea of being utterly alone, um, like even here. So, so the, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Um, so is that, that's what that feeling in space was that you're utterly alone in space. Yeah. Am I following that thread? Okay. Yeah. Got it. So the three was one was you're, you're waking up, you're, you're awake. Yeah. People that watch the matrix, you, you wake up in your pod, you know, in the movie, there's billions of other people in pods, but imagine waking up in your pod and you look around and there's actually nothing there. And it's just technology that's distracting you from the reality that you're alone. Mm -hmm. Episode two <laughs> would, was, the, was this being floating around lost in space, just in the void, completely lost. I don't know how long they were out there. And then the third version was you're, you're the only living thing on this living being on this planet. Oh, wow. And, you, and you're looking out, looking out into space, wishing that you can go home, hmm. but there's no way off. And this desire and this longing to go home, that was something that I felt before, this longing to go home. Like, I don't, I'm not from here. I want to hmm. go home. Hmm. And Ronnie explains that longing is to go, going, you want to go back to source. Yeah. Um, and on all three of these experiences was to, 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 to show me the other the other extreme right i get that and, and my point earlier was even if we feel that we're believe that we're alone here in the back of our minds we understand that there's eight billion people on this planet what happens if they're if you're completely isolated um and that was something an experience that i never to comprehend until I was given it hmm. and it was psychologically painful so so what do you take away from all of that first thing I took away was uh, and then I'm, I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit for for understanding this this either happened or is happening right now we, we don't know what we, we don't know. There's, there's some being floating completely lost in space alone out there or somewhere. It's happening right now. Hmm. That's do, a dark thought. <laughs> it is, no. but it, it's not an impossibility. But, no. but the compassion that I hold for that being, being like I'm going mad. It's like, yeah, it sucks to be you, but I, I understand. Hmm. And then the other takeaway was, looking at the experience for, and, and I was thankful for it as traumatic and psych, as psychologically traumatic as it was for me, it really shifted my perception of connection and how universal of a need it is. Mm -hmm. And we, we, and that's what makes, that's what we are. We, we are, we're, we're, does, we're born to be for connection. 
Mm-hmm. And when we're disconnected, it uh, I, I can't find the words for it. Yeah, that the, the soul the soul is in pain if it, yeah. uh, it can't connect with an, to another to another soul. And there's right now in the world there's there's lots of disconnection. It's not at the level you experienced. So maybe that's there's a little a little hope there in a sense that. When you really, when you really know disconnection, which sounds like you experience that in a very, very profound way, does it give you hope to create more connection and, and, and the realization that it's in your power to create more connection here today, now in this space we are in? Yes. Yes. When I shared my thoughts with Ronnie, she goes, you have an idea of what someone has to experience in order to commit suicide Mm. and I didn't understand she goes well in order to actually go through with the act she says you have to get disconnect from everything that you know everything that everyone that you know like spiritually emotionally detached from all of that to be so utterly alone in order to to feel that and only way to be free of this is to be completely disconnected. And when I had to process that, those words, it made me, she asked me, and I'll share with your listeners, listen, have you ever had thoughts of suicide? And I go, I have. And she asked, why didn't you go through with it? And I couldn't find the words to explain. And that's when she shared, you. it's because you weren't able to disconnect from everything that you are. But now you understand the level of madness, the level of pain of not being connected to anything. And then when I replayed my experience, then I go, yeah, I, I can see, I can understand when you're that level of isolation, Mm -hmm. how, how painful it is. And it, and it really lit me up to continue doing the work for me to, help people mm-hmm. reconnect yeah that that's standing up for me too I, f- I feel like it's uh you were given this experience so you can go deeper with your work and helping helping others you know like with your your voice story, story right. initiative um as we said at the beginning it was designed to tackle the the issues of social isolation that is prevalent in in society today and now you you understand that isolation at a, a much deeper level thanks to the 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 tank experience the isolation tank or uh sensory deprivation tank what, and you can work with people at a at a deeper understanding yes i, I will never say that i truly understand what they're going through mm-hmm. but i am familiar with the space that they are in mm-hmm. Um, and when I work with people and I can say that energetically, they understand that it is true because as I say, yeah, I understand the space that you're in. They could feel it because he's been there. Now I'm not, I will never say I understand your pain. I don't, Yeah. but I understand the space and then they go, okay. And then when that trust is there, I go here, hold my hand. We we, we can go anywhere where you want. You're not alone anymore. Um, 
mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll be here to help guide you. And then once a step is taken in any direction, we can move on from the space. And that's part of, uh, I think, I think, I thank the universe for giving me that experience. Yeah. But it was, and I, and I was called to share this. I, I don't, I can't, ask, don't remember why, but it was just uh, the people that you're, that are listening and you're working with might find value, benefit, insight mm-hmm. from it. And then today, the whole dog meme thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's like it. <laughs> Let's say, well, here's connection. You never wanted a dog. I, I was, I was in a lot of pain mm. a few years ago, and then dog manifests itself in my life, and she chose. I, I flat out admit, I didn't pick the dog. I say that so people understand. She picked me, and there's a yeah. photo. There's a photograph I have that I'll share with you that my sister captured. All the other dogs are like looking around, and then Kismet just just looking at me. She chose me. That's neat. I've yeah. heard that before from other um, people that have gotten pets. Yeah, they felt yeah. chosen by their their animal. And from that, there was uh, <laughs> through the dog experience. Like I shared that with Ronnie, and she goes, "You probably have a totally different relationship with your dog now." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> she has that. When she has that dopey look on her face. I, I actually have a really good idea of what <laughs> what, what she's thinking." Or when she her pails like going nuts, I go. I wag I my that, butt like that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what that feels like. So when I go play with her, the engagement that we have is at a totally different level. That's so beautiful. I, go, I know. I, I, I kind of know what it's like to be like bouncing around. It's just totally bonkers and excited. And when she's like running around and zooming around, it's like I get. Th- I get it. <laughs> Or when she wants to play ball or whatever, it's like I I do I have a much different relationship with her uh, now that I've had that dog experience because yeah. I've I've been gifted a dog perspective on life. That's really neat. That's re- I I want to have that experience, Winston. I think that sounds it just sounds absolutely delightful, and the the pure innocence of that. It's so interesting. You had quite very very vastly different experiences in in the tank you know from the that dog pure love uh unconditional love experience to that uh full-on isolation it would be pure connection to pure disconnection yeah yeah i learn uh, your listeners wouldn't know this but i in my life i have learned through contrast the lessons that are provided to me you, know, you have your lessons the universe provides you. I have mine. Mine have always been in contrast, like in extremes. And then I find my way to, to the middle. Well, you, you can't really appreciate the light until you experience the dark too, right? Yes. And this time I've always experienced the dark and then the light. This was the other way around where I was given the dog experience first and then mm. the other side. And I thought that was, I, I prefer that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that, and I, I would say that was divinely intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, there is a, I truly believe that what I've experienced, uh, anyone can also attain. Mm. It's like, uh, there's nothing special about about me, I was just open 
and curious to see what could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we. I just want to presence open and curious. I think that those are really key words and those are words we should embrace through everything in life. You know, being curious is, is so important with, you know, our, our pain, why, why, like going deep and asking why is, am I experiencing this and being curious about all the good things that are happening in our life too. Like just get really curious with, with your experiences and trying to understand who you are and who you're choosing to be. Well, I would reframe that just a little bit. Okay. And when I hear understand, it always brings up visions of thinking, headspace. Mm. So curiosity, for me, I teach curiosity comes from heart space. So to experience life through the lens of curiosity and even even though it sucks and people are like, why did this happen to me? Instead of processing that through your mind, it's like, well, why, why did this happen? Then you process through your heart. And then instead of being judgmental in yourself or critical, it's like, what happened? Like, you know, my dog puked. Okay, the dog puked. Can't get mad at the dog. The dog, you know, the dog, dog being a dog, dog didn't want to puke <laughs> right there. It, but it already happened. And to, to go look at the experiences through empathy and compassion and through your heart and through curiosity, when you, when you fire through those frames, everything looks completely different. As ugly as it is, you, can, you, you go through your heart, you understand it through your heart, and you, then you fire that understanding into your mind. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I get it. But going the other way around, there's, the, I, I find the, the dissemination is different when you go from brain to heart versus from heart to brain. Absolutely. I, I agree with you, Winston. That's great. Yeah, so going through experiences and, you know, when you think, when you, and then changing the awareness to just be, just to be aware of little tiny nudges where you're walking down and you smell what comes to me. You walk, you walk by and you smell fresh croissants or, or fresh bread being baked and you crack a smile, take a breath and it's like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go get one <laughs> versus just brushing it off. Like, is it, is it going to ruin your day for not getting one? Right. No, but would it enhance your day and your experience? If you did get one, you don't have to eat a dozen <laughs> of them, but if you got one and you're, mm-hmm. and you, you can, I can see myself or anyone just sitting there smiling. You're, you're this is great. But those little nudges, like these little faint whispers. Yeah. That, uh, and and you and you, you follow that, and then as you do, as I did the work, those nudges became they actually become loud and clear. Yeah, when you start listening to them, they get louder. Yeah, yeah. and they almost become uh, suggestions before that it even happens. Hmm. Where you get to the point, saying, "You know what? You should really go." It's like not well, I, for me. The words are saying, "We we should we should go do this." I'm like, "Yeah, we should go do that." And then we go <laughs> yeah. do this. Like, yeah, that was freaking amazing. <laughs> So instead of being, um, it, it, it's being, it, it's, it, if you have the visual one, so the croissant one is you walk by the bakery and then you have the smell. So imagine being able to do enough work that you rewind it to a point where you make the decision to go get it, then you smell it, then you get it. So it's like you are 
you are now, as you would put it, in control that you chose to do this versus mm-hmm. just reacting, by yeah. reacting to it. Yeah, yeah. Making choices. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, are you going to continue with your exploration in the sensory deprivation tanks? Yeah, you can't help it. Yeah, you're addicted. <laughs> I'm addicted to understanding. Okay, now this is my experience. I have I have ventured off to certain limits. I want to find out what's beyond that limit. Like, yeah, the, yeah. This is what I see as a limit. No, there's there's more more yeah. out there. Where, what what else what else is out there on, on the spectrum of emotion that we that we have is there something on the farther end even farther end of uh, of the positive spectrum that I don't even I haven't unlocked yet is there something and I'm also open to even feeling something on the extreme negative end because my understanding is if I unlock one end the other end automatically gets unlocked yeah. And I, it's, uh, I've experienced some pretty cool things. Yeah. And, and, and once you start that journey, you, you can't really stop, can you? Because you, you realize, wow, there's so much more to learn and experience. And my, my understanding of the world has been here and, you know, this little bubble. And now my understanding is bigger. And if you continue to explore, how big can it continue to expand and I, I think it's it can expand infinitely I, I i share that i share my dog experience with some people and they go are you sure you didn't hallucinate that and i'm going sure maybe I go, i'll go maybe but i go if i did where did all that detail come from mm-hmm. because it's not like i can okay there's there's that you know i can i can imagine dreaming as a dog about the neighbor okay i can imagine that but the emotional sensations of all that I go I can't make up I can't make that up it's and these aren't my I'm not gonna say these aren't my memories they're but there's they're out there Mm -hmm. and I asked Ronnie it's like yeah I can't figure out if these these experiences are coming down into me or coming up from me like past life type Mm -hmm. thing and she goes why can't they be both happening at the same time Love that answer. It's not one or the <laughs> other. It's not one or the other. It's uh, and. <laughs> you're made of energy and oh. consciousness is made of energy. And this, you know, so you're, you're just flowing. You're just, you're just, move, you're just gliding up and down. Right. Scale. Yeah. Interesting. Um, have, have you spoken to many other people who've done, um, have had experiences in the tank and have uh, they been vastly different or are there some common threads? Many, the people that I understand, most people aren't doing it for what I'm doing. <laughs> They're doing it for um, uh, for re- relaxation and mm. the cal- for calming purposes. Right. I'm doing it for to dive real real deep into consciousness. Yeah. Uh, the people that do go often for uh, yeah to do per- like body work. Yeah. They, there's a uh, huge benefits and it. it changes your, it calms you down. It changes your brainwave activity, makes you more creative. It, it does unlock other parts of you because now you're not distracted by yeah. stuff. And it, you know how meditation calms you down? Well, this, this would be meditation. If you meditate on, in the tank, <laughs> it, yeah, it's a, it's a whole new level. Yeah. 
Yeah. Some of the research I, I did, I guess in the seventies, they started to really take this seriously and um, uh, study the, the benefits and the benefits of these tanks are, are numerous, you know, from improved cardio, cardiovascular um, circulatory issues and your better sleep and better um, muscle movement. Athletes are using this for improved performance. It's just like the, the list of reasons to get into a tank are, are quite endless. So it's kind of yeah. cool. And I, with, I'm with you. I, I would want to experience it from a, a spiritual perspective and see how deep I can go at the conscious level and, and uh, tap into something, you know, a yeah. little, a little well, deep. So oh, it's not like I haven't experienced profoundness going in clean. That's how I started. I yeah. would go in and at first it was to go just relax. And I've had, I've had muscle groups because I'm so relaxed, muscle groups fire. And then when you come back out, like all that tension that was in my neck or my leg was gone. And then I started doing, um, I, I described like almost like meditative work to see how introspective I can get, how deep I can go mm-hmm. and start accessing spaces that I, I couldn't have otherwise mm-hmm. and started doing healing work that way, which eventually has led me to where it is now. But once you, once I got the taste of it, of the power of what it can do, it, it's hard to ignore it mm-hmm. because uh, it, it almost accelerates it. My, the, some people I've introduced it to for trauma work uh, these are experienced uh, practitioners and coaches and healers themselves. They go, man, it's like for themselves, it's like I've accessed and done some healing that I would say outside of this would have taken years. Mm-hmm. And in there, it took me like weeks. Oh, interesting. <laughs> wow, really cool. Um, I, and I read that um, the prices can range between fifty to a hundred dollars for an hour. Does that sound about right with your experience, oh. or is it? That might have been an old thing that yeah, I read. It, up. it depends on where you're at. I yeah. I'll give a, a shout out to the Float House that is in Vancouver. That's where I go to. Yeah, and yeah, I have a membership there, um, and it's forty dollars for seventy five minutes. Oh, okay. So it's I, not- yeah, so I I double up on it. So I do like uh, two sessions back to back. So I get uh, the time in the middle. So I get three hours for eighty dollars for three hours. So wow, okay. Um, And is that like because you have a membership and it's uh, it's more affordable if you have a membership, or is that yeah? yeah. And it's offered. It's not. You can go in and sign up for a for a membership and and get the same the same rates. I think I'm going to have to give this a try. It's, I'm really intrigued. I'm really, really intrigued. And, and I'll go clean. <laughs> I'll go clean. <laughs> yeah, every, everyone, everyone starts. You, know, you go in and, and when you understand how to relax, as the steps would be go in and first you have to understand how to relax. As I know how to relax. <laughs> as that sounds. And then when you're there, the next stage is learning how to start slowing down your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then the next stage after that is learning how to, I call it drifting, where um, I, don't, I don't know about you, I, I hear this light ring all the time. Yeah, so yeah. when I'm in there, 
uh, I just focus on the ringing and I just let all thoughts drift away and I drift like you just it's like going it's like going to sleep but you're not asleep it's mm-hmm. like uh, you can call it lucid dreaming you can call it whatever you want but yeah I drift off and then the music comes back and it, br- and it brings me back mm-hmm. uh, so those are the those are the levels and when you can get to the point of consistently drifting that's when you, you pretty cool things can be experienced very neat and uh, my sense is that that may not happen for the first couple of times especially if you're um have a hard time relaxing yeah so you, it's not gonna happen it's not like you're gonna go in you hear what i said you're gonna go in there you're gonna feel magic it uh yeah. it's gonna be very disorienting because you're going from a world of noise into a world where there's yeah. no noise. Yeah. And some people don't like it. Uh, I've had friends, they go, when's the I experience that? They go in and say, well, they last 20 minutes. They couldn't, couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. And it's a practice like anything else. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, I want to um, wrap the show up. Um, and I kind of, maybe this is a, a leading question. We, t- we talked about connection, um, the importance of connection. And <laughs> so this show, the Joyful Journey um, podcast is all about learning how to access your, your highest self. And the ultimate goal is to heighten the collective consciousness to move us to a, a kinder, more compassionate world. Mm-hmm. Is there... One thing you think we can do as individuals to harmonize humanity? Yes. Yes. What came, came to mind right away is um, I'm going to express it backwards. Next time you are in discussion or debate with someone and you don't agree with what he or she, she said, instead of judging them, mm for it look at the situation and say i would really like like, i don't understand i would really like to hear from you and understand where you're coming from so i can understand your position Mm -hmm. because and then take your take you know like if i'm asking i take my position put it aside because okay if i say it's right and you say it's wrong and i go oh no you're wrong you have that discussion it that's disconnection because you're not Mm-hmm. You're just fighting each other versus saying, you know what, I I might not understand where you're coming from because I don't have your life experience, something that might have caused you to believe, you know, to hold this position. I'm curious and I would love for you to engage in conversation so I can understand. And once I have that understanding, it's like, oh, that makes total sense. And I'll use I love tea, coffee drinkers suck. And the person said, coffee's great tea sucks well that's because the first time i'd had coffee it was completely black and overbrewed and that's why i don't like it and you tried tea and it was bitter and it didn't taste like anything now it makes sense versus just saying i am right and you're wrong it's mm-hmm. to open open the channel to have the conversation for better understanding and right. then the 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 end result of that is if you look at every interaction through the lens of uh, compassion, empathy, curiosity, and, and wanting to understand the other person, then any, any of that negativity just gets shelved, right? It's really hard to get mad at and upset at someone if you're trying to understand and be curious about them. Like yeah. those, those two things don't work. So the more 
if <laughs> if more people could experience the world like a dog does, <laughs> the world would be a better place because the dog always wants to make friends, s- smells smells the flowers everywhere they go, everything's everything's a good time, the world is great, <laughs> and yeah, they just love everything. It's like if every everyone could experience could live their life yeah. the way a dog does. yeah uh, world would be a much better place oh i love it connecting to your inner dog (laughs) yeah connecting to your inner dog (laughs) that's awesome thank you so much winston for spending some time with me investing time with me today i really enjoy i always enjoy our conversations you've had some interesting fascinating experiences and i love your your sense of wonder and curiosity and openness to experience what the universe uh, presents to you. And I'm, I'm grateful that you're open to sharing that with me and to our listeners on the Joyful Journey podcast. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And, and Joyful Journeyers, I hope you enjoyed our show today. We'll leave uh, Winston's contact details in the show notes. And yeah, I know Winston welcomes conversations and engagement. Please reach out to him if you if you want to connect. And with that, have an awesome day. and We'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated with you, please visit our website at joyfulinspiredliving.com. Sign up to receive a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom and become a member of the Joyful Inspired Living community. For a deeper spiritual dive, check out our retreats. We offer both in-person retreats on beautiful Bowen Island in British Columbia, as well as online retreats that you can do from the comfort of your own home. And finally, if you liked our show, please leave a review so more people can find it and learn how to access their highest self. And together, we'll raise the collective consciousness. <laughs>